Hello, and welcome to episode 104 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, I have an interview with T. Garrett Peterson, the creator of Deliverance. This is Matt. Uh, Garrett, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you start us off with a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the comics that you make, and then we'll, uh, we'll take a deep uh, dive into creative processes and uh, making comics. Sounds great. So Deliverance is a action-adventure drama mixed with biblical elements. Uh, the story starts out with the death of God and the angels who try to find someone to replace him. And uh, as for my writing credit, uh, I've more or less just been writing since high school. And uh, Deliverance is only going to be my uh, first official writing credit. Very cool. So uh, back in those high school days, uh, was, was comics always the vision or did you have sort of uh, thoughts on being like the next great uh, American novelist? Uh, what, 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 were the th- <laughs> what were the thoughts there? Yeah, I did actually. I did start writing a novel in high school. Um, it was terrible, um, but it was a it was a good first uh, writing, I suppose. It was a good first uh, exercise, I guess. Because when you first start writing, like you're not really sure mm-hmm. where to start. Uh, there's just so many different places to go. But yeah, um, started what writing was- a novel. What was uh what was the premise of that novel? Oh, it was like something about <clears throat> something about six kids running away, I think. Uh I was a very angsty teenager. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh yeah, it was like a group of friends and they stole money from their parents and then they all just tried to uh get away and certain things happened along the way. So it's kinda like a it was like a road trip novel, I guess. You would say something like that. Yeah, and so did you have any sort of uh, influences on, on that novel, like uh, like a Stand by Me or anything like that uh, when you were when you were thinking about that story? Possibly. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Very um, cool. Oh yeah, Stephen King is one of my writer gods for sure. Um, the Body and like Stand by Me is. So good. I haven't seen the movie in a really long time, but I still remember reading uh, the short story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually did read that in high school. So, yeah, it was uh, Stephen King is great for sure. Yeah. Have you ever read uh, On Writing? Yes, I have actually. Yeah, that's um, something I like to to look to maybe like yearly, just sort of like as a, an inspiration. I know that like the first half is almost sort of like uh an autobiography and then like the the second half is sort of writing tips yeah it's it's incredible i actually want to give it a reread at some point soon um yeah it's so good and like the first part of it i love the like him just talking about his process and how Mm -hmm. um i don't know all of that stuff is just so interesting to me but yeah it goes to show you that like really just anybody can I don't know, like, cause you want to like break down like the mysticism or I suppose of like what writing is like, people seem to think that like writing is this very like complex, like, I don't know. And like, it can be complex. Don't get me wrong. But like Stephen King was just a guy with talent who, mm-hmm. you know, really worked at it. And he, I don't know, he has become like one of my favorite writers ever. 
do you, do you remember the part about how uh, he threw away Carrie because he didn't like it, and then his yeah. wife like fished it out? Yeah, that's. And, yeah, I it's think sort about of that all the time. I love the fact that it's sort of like uh, you know I'll I'll think about like books that I really like prose works, and I'm just like it yeah. just must it just must be so easy for these guys to just sort of sit down at a keyboard and just sort of punch this stuff out but then when but then when i read that i was like oh no it's 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 a struggle you're you're always doubting that sort of like inner critic um Mm -hmm. and you know you do something and uh you know that 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 first pass or even later passes you're just like this is crap um so like that really sort of gave me uh the 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 insight that like you know, these guys do have talent and they, uh, and they do work at the things, but they are sort of struggling with it just like everybody else was. So like, that was, that was a really great thing to read. Um, and just to see sort of like the, the happenstance or the, or the, or the chance of somebody right. fishing that out of a, a wastebasket and, and turning it in is yeah. now, now the reason why we have like 60 some novels, you know, 30 to 40 years later it's it's pretty great yeah yeah it's so inspirational and it just shows how he doubted himself like he thought that carrie initially while he was writing it he thought it was dumb like even though it's a great story like it's one of the very first uh stephen king stories Mm -hmm. that i ever read um yeah dude i don't know everyone it's just work it's just putting in like the time and the effort uh no one's just born an artist i think yeah or a writer yeah um so uh i think that's a pretty similar story to to a lot of folks that i've had on here um mm-hmm. when did you make the transition to your from your your you, you know your thoughts of writing prose to to writing comics when did when did that sort of transition happen um so comics were always a thing um but I don't, for some reason, like I thought to just be a writer, at least as a teenager, um, I had to write that novel. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though like the experience of it was very difficult um, and it's not good, it's all not good writing. Um, it was good to make me, I don't know, it was good to make me realize that, you know, even though this isn't like the particular kind of writing that, I love to do. Um, sorry, I got lost in my, my no, no, there. no, no worries. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think you were sort of hinting at the and like this is something that we talk about. Um, you know, there's there's sort of like the the ten thousand hour rule or sort of yeah. like the the thousand crappy pages that you have to sort of work through. Um, yeah, that knowing that they're going to well. be knowing that they're going to be crap, um, right. but each time they're a little less crappy, or and then and you learn a little bit, and you bent you eventually put the work in that you you feel somewhat competent that that your stories are um, conveying what you want to to say. Right. So I think that's what you were sort of like getting at there. Yeah, I started off going on that point, but then I lost track. Um, but yeah, it's just like, 
yeah, it's more or less um, just like a decision to try to do it. And yeah. More so when you, so when you decided that you wanted to take uh, a stab at comics writing, mm-hmm. um, was it a process of looking at like how to books or were you picking up sort of trades, monthly issues and sort of reverse engineering those? How, how did you go about that? I would say, yeah. Um, mostly just from, I'm a student of mm-hmm. comic books, I would say. Um, Cause I never took any classes. Actually, that's not true. I did the uh, comic. Have you ever heard of uh, comics experience? Yes. I, I've, uh, I've, I've taken a, I've taken a couple of classes uh, there. Oh, right I've, on dude. I found them to be uh, very helpful. Yeah. Um, I took the very first one, the intro to writing. Yes. And yes. And it was really cool and I really enjoyed it for a while. But after I got to a point where I felt like I was just writing things and I mean, it was good practice because mm-hmm. um, I would write short stories and just like things that I was working on and I would post them on the website and other people would respond and stuff like that. And you get feedback, which is great. But I felt like I was writing things for other people and not really writing things for myself. So okay. after a couple of months, um, I stopped, stopped working on that. But um, it was really good to like, it's good to be in that kind of environment, I think, for school where you really have to get, you really have to take it seriously. Because at first, like when you want to just be a writer, it's like, oh, this is something I'm going to do at night, or this mm-hmm. is going to be something that isn't, uh, you know, it's not my main focus. Um, but I think especially if you want to get into comics and if you want to be a comic book writer, you have to take it really seriously and you have to kind of like take it uh, and make it your main focus, even though that's, you know, really difficult with jobs and everything else like that. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I, uh, you know, I have built a lot of sort of for myself a sort of self deadlines, but like when you take a class like that Mm -hmm. and something is, I feel like a lot of those classes with comic experience, like um, you would meet on a Wednesday. So there was like right. this, this sort of like, you know, not set deadline, but you like, you wanted to turn things like in on like a Monday to give like right. your classmates a day to review it, to give yeah. the uh, the instructors a day to review it. So it's sort of uh, in a roundabout way was sort of like throwing you into the fire of what it might be like, to, right. to work for for a publisher that needed stuff at a certain date so you couldn't you couldn't sit on your couch and, and yeah. watch netflix all day you knew that you had this looming deadline that yeah. you had to you, you had to hit so like I, I feel like it was good training in in that way yes it's good for setting those like it's good to have other people to keep you accountable mm-hmm. um and it's good for like yeah it was a it was a good experience. It was an expensive experience, but it was a good experience. Uh, I, I hear you. So let's uh, let's turn our attention to to the comic that you're working on now, um, okay, Deliverance. Cool. Um, so how long has the idea for this sort of maybe been percolating in your head, or have you have you been thinking about this? A really long time. <laughs> Deliverance is like 
probably 10 years in the making, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we started getting the comic book drawn in 2016. Okay. So, yeah, that's when Diego started drawing it. But I think I've been writing it since 2014, 2013, I want to say. So maybe ever since I was 19, probably 18 or 19 is when I first started writing it. And it's changed um, immensely. It's not like uh, the comic that you read is the very first version uh, mm-hmm. of it. It's been written and like rewritten and rewritten again multiple times over yeah over several years now very cool um so do you feel like uh the 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 multiple drafts or the the time that you took was was valuable i know that like there's a lot of school of thought that like um you know uh do something and fail to to learn but it seems Mm -hmm. like you were um you were sort of safe about it, that you were sort of like failing, not failing is not the right word, but sort of like no, doing dude. things, doing things sort of like on your own to figure out like what might not have worked or what worked really well before you sort of committed to, to, to getting your art team. And I don't know if I sort of um, describe what possibly might've been happening for you. So I'm going to turn it over to you. No, for sure. Um... Failing is a big part of the process, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like, have you ever read um, Words for Pictures? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah, dude. That one's a really good one, too. It's like that and the combination of uh, on writing with Stephen King is is a really good pairing. So let's uh, let's turn our attention to um, the, the, the creative team. Um, I'm always interested on uh, how how writers um find uh find their art team so how did you how did you find your your artist for this uh for this book yeah so um after i finished writing deliverance uh the first issue uh the thing that really stressed me out like after i figured out that i just needed to focus on writing it and just getting it all put together Mm -hmm. um the thing that really stressed me was finding an artist and at first, I went to conventions because I thought the convention scene was the best place to go to. Um, so yeah, like Rose City Comic Con here in Portland. <clears throat> it's a really, really great show. Um, and I would pitch the comic to editors there. I would go around there uh, just pitching it and trying to like show it to people. And it was rough. I was looking for an artist the whole time. And yeah, it's a... Uh, so I realized you, pretty quickly that wasn't going to work. So were you pitching? Um, so you were pitching with with no art at that point. I created a pitch package. Okay. Um, that was after me and Diego. This is in twenty. This must have been twenty sixteen because that's when we started getting it drawn. Um, okay. We did the first issue, and at first, initially, my plan was to take oh. So I lost you there for a second. Oh, no, you're cool. Oh, okay, cool. So initially, um, my plan was to uh, put together a pitch package, and I only had like six pages of art in mm-hmm. there. Uh, and I took it to Rose City, and I showed it to a whole bunch of editors and whatnot. Uh, and that was just brutal. Like, no one really liked it. Uh, 
well, I couldn't really get the attention of editors and stuff like that. Um, but I was really, really young, so I understand why uh, it didn't really work out. But yeah, um, dude. So you had you had uh, you had the the first issue written. You had six pages of of art to show. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do? Uh, did you do research before the the show of Rose City of like who was going to be there and sort of like make a game plan like I'm going to go talk to this this guy I'm going to go talk to this this gal and I'm going to um, sort of work my way through the the floor or were you just sort of walking yeah. around going oh there's that booth I'm you know going to gather my gather my thoughts and 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 walk over there and and uh, show them this this work. Yeah, more or less. Um, It was, uh, yeah, Uh, it was really, really difficult, dude. (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, I had a whole game plan. I figured out which editors were going to be there, and I was going to go and talk to all of them, and I did get to talk to a few editors. I actually picked up a um, um, a couple cards. Dave Dwanch from Action Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, is someone that I talked to, but I don't know. A lot of editors, and I think more or less they talk about it now. They don't really want to be approached by people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of yeah, I abandoned that idea, and then I decided to go the Kickstarter route. Yeah, and like um, I I I don't know necessarily like if this is uh, the 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 model. Um, but I almost feel like if you kickstart a book, mm-hmm. you show an editor or a publisher that like, hey, I'm sort of uh, uh, the, and I, I always equate sort of writers to the the, the project manager of, of mm-hmm. a comic. And so it right. sort of shows them that like, it's sort of that, like that extra level of I'm serious about this. I know. I know sort of like a little bit about every aspect of this, uh, mm-hmm. of getting a comic together. So I, I feel that it's beneficial sometimes to, to have gone that Kickstarter route and show like that extra level of like, I'm really committed to this. I, I have done this at least once. And I know, right. I know all of like the sort of, problem solving dealing with uh things at various stages of the project um and 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 then going to a publisher because i've done a little bit of both so do do you do you think that's a benefit to have gone the kickstarter route and show them that like you know i have actually you know at one point maybe i was that guy coming to you with with five pages in Mm -hmm. sort of like a loose outline now i'm the guy that's coming to you and i'm showing you a complete first issue that I went myself, I crowdfunded it, you know, the audience might not be huge, but there's, there's, there's an audience there and I'm showing you that I'm serious and I can, I can get, I can, I can do this from beginning to end. Do you, do you feel that's beneficial? I do. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that that's the best way uh, to go, more or less. Cool. Um, so let's 
let's uh, let's transition to more of the uh, again more of the creative process. You had said that this was a uh, story that's been in your head for a while, and then yeah. I guess does it seem like it was about three years ago you and the the artist hooked up to to start uh, to start writing it. Yeah, I was lucky enough to come across Diego on Deviant Art. Cool. Um, which is like, yeah, you're familiar with it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Um, uh, I, I, I have sort of looked at art there as well. Um, so that's that's a that's a great place to to find artists. Yeah. Um, the search for him was like. It was, yeah, it was um, December of 2016. And uh, it was, uh, I was able to get it down to about him and five other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was. Uh, did he have, uh, did he have like, uh, like full pages or did he have pinups? Cause I know for my, for myself, a lot of times, like if I'm looking for an artist, mm. um, I'll do the call. Um, and you know, it's, it's very different when you do a call when you, you don't say it's a paying job, but if you say it's a paying job, oh, dude, then they sort respond. Of like inundated with sort of like pinup art, but yeah. like you sort of have to like wade through that and like find the guy or the gal that like shows you that like, you know, I can do I can do that striking image for a cover, but I can mm-hmm. also sort of do that page where it's sort of talking heads, sort of moving the story along. So did did you see that with Diego? Yeah, you want to make sure that you find an artist who is telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not just trying to throw up splash pages or uh, just pinups and stuff like that, because comic book art is just all about at least what I think comic book art is just all about like telling a story and conveying time mm-hmm. um, and like little moments. And with Diego, I wanted to, I saw that like clearly he had on his DeviantArt page, he had uh, lots of interiors and they were just all, I don't know. I was so fucking lucky um, for him to, am I allowed to curse or? <laughs> it's, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's perfect. Okay, cool. Um, I'm super lucky that just like he responded. Yeah. I put out an ad and uh, him and five other artists uh, were easily the top of the bunch. I like 60 or 70 people reached out to me and the majority of them were not very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Diego and like the five other artists, I gave them all a test. I uh, sent them the first five pages of the script and I wanted them to draw the main character, uh, Franklin. Mm-hmm. And each, all five of them, they sent me back different drawings and uh, of the, their interpretation of Franklin. And even though like Diego was my favorite, I, when he sent me the very first character sketch of Franklin, I was just, I was like, this is it. Like, he's the guy, he's the one. And like, was it one of those uh, sort of eureka moments where like, uh franklin that the franklin that lived in your head was either Mm -hmm. almost an exact match or really close to what you were always envisioning him to to look like i think that diego it wasn't exactly how i would envision him in my head but like Mm -hmm. diego kind of brought him to life 
even though I already wrote the script, like, I don't know. I like to see in the future when I work on other projects, um, I'm hoping to be in on the ground floor and like talk with characters with my artists and like have them draw sketches and stuff like that. Because I feel like once they show me what they think the character looks like uh, visually, I'll have more ideas of what I think about them as a person. Does that make sense? No, it definitely does. Um, uh, I think one of the happy accidents uh, with us as writers and in, mm-hmm. in turning it over to, to an artist is, uh, you know, we live with these stories in our heads for, for so long and then sure. sort of, we we have uh we sort of have that that mental picture in our head but sometimes that image that you get back or that that first page that you get back is Mm -hmm. uh the collaboration there is so much of like an expansion of a team that you're just like yeah like that's not exact that's not exactly what i was thinking but this is actually the the best way to to go about it so i I think like a lot of people find that if you find the right partner to to work with yeah it's really difficult but it's addicting and like that process of creating um Mm -hmm. something with another person is like i don't know it's uh it's what i that's why i love comic books so much and that's why i want to contribute to you know, the art form. Yeah. So does Diego work uh, traditional or digital? How does, how does, how is his art? He is traditional. Awesome. Um, I know, right? It's pretty, it's becoming, I, I really like digital artists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like Fiona Staples is one of my favorite artists and uh, she works all digitally, but I really do like um, all the pictures he sends me. Like I really do like seeing him just working on paper and stuff like that. Cause it's, it's mind blowing to me. Uh, I just can't, I just can't convey uh, people and shapes the way that he can, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, there's something uh, I've worked with guys who are digital and guys who are traditional mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I appreciate both, but you know, uh, to uh, there's, there's one thing, when you see sort of uh, an email or a Dropbox file of something that you've been working on, but mm-hmm. to, to hold a piece of paper that's got like pen and ink that like turn that, that story that's been in your head for so long into yeah. something tangible that you can hold in your hand is a, is a totally different level of, of things. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, do you do you possess any of the uh the the pages from from your comic diego actually just sent me when we were doing the sketches uh for this first kickstarter diego sent me as a gift he sent me the cover to the third issue oh wow Uh, pretty cool yeah it's like that was the very first time i ever got to see your uh see or hold anything that he's worked on. i mean we send pictures to each other so we're on twitter and he'll send me uh digital images and stuff like that but nothing's like holding yeah i don't know i haven't framed it yet but i'm so excited to <laughs> yeah uh so where's where's he located uh santiago chile cool did you and so this is another conversation i've had with a lot of folks mm-hmm. um 
you know, I've worked with folks who are in Brazil and Turkey and, 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 you know, and, in Asia, did you find any sort of language barriers, um, uh, you know, as, and I'm just making an, an assumption here that like maybe Diego's first language isn't English, but you guys communicate right. like via email. Did you, did you find yes. any sort of hurdles there? Um, I asked him at first, I have a friend who speaks Spanish and mm-hmm. he said that he would translate um, my scripts for me, which was super nice of him. But Diego said that it was really no problem. Um, and yeah, it hasn't been a problem ever since. Very cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've worked with a, uh, like the, the guy that I've worked with the most, he's, uh, he's in Brazil. And so um, I found that like, uh, I can't, you know, I've, I've had so many buddies that like I've known for, for so many years that like mm-hmm. I can sort of have like a shorthand, but I can't, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have that shorthand with, with him. I just want to be like clear and concise and not right. use like slang or, or like terms that he might not, um, as a native English speaker, not know. So like, I don't know if you've ever encountered that as well. Yeah, I really haven't. Um, Diego is so easy to work with and the colorist, our colorist as well, uh, Coat, Coat Caravel. Um, they've, even though English isn't their first language, they've, I'm not sure exactly what their process is, but they've always been um, super helpful and super supportive. Did they come as sort of a package deal or did you, did you find the color separately? They came as a package deal. And then they even told me of their friend who was a letterer as well, which was very helpful. Is that the letterer on the on the book? Yeah, Christian uh, Christian Doklamansky is the letterer. Wow! So you got a uh, you got a, a triple I got package, a triple, triple package sale. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Like, uh, I've been pretty lucky uh, in that. Uh, like one of the one of the guys I work with uh, recommended a colorist, and that's sort mm-hmm. of been the colorist that I've. I've worked with, uh, since then. And, you know, nice. you sort of have, you get, you sort of get that trust factor that you're like, yeah, I know that like I work well with this guy or girl. So if they're right. recommending this person, like, I feel like, uh, I'm going to be able to work with them as well. But you got like the, almost the ultimate team that all came together there. Yeah. I got really lucky. Like I said, <laughs> Uh, coming across, yeah, Diego responding to my ad on uh, Art and everything. Um, yeah, super lucky. It all just came together really well. So as the, the, the writer, um, and, and again, uh, you know, I always sort of make this sort of parallel at writer, mm-hmm. project manager. Um, do you see things at like the, the thumbnail stage, the pencil stage, the inking stage, like, and then sort of give them sign, give them a, like a sign off or, or how does that work? <clears throat> so at first Diego would send me um, little, at first he would do that. He would send me thumbnails and things like that, but mm. I encourage him to just really I want him to take my script and I want him to really just see it as like a guiding path. I want him to like add on to it and change things that he feels need to be changed mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. Cause I want it to be a collaborative experience and I don't want him to just be, um, you know, just listening to what I'm saying the whole time. Um, I get what you're saying. 
about being a product project manager, mm-hmm. but um, I really want it like the way that we work. I just want it to be 50, 50, like, and he like Diego already does such a fantastic job of um, continuing with um, continuing with um, the script and following it. Um, but I always try to do my best to, um, just allow him to like change things as much as possible as he wants. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I hear you there. I, I feel like it's a, uh, it's a good way to, um, allow the writer, I'm sorry, allow the artist to, mm-hmm. um, contribute. And again, you said it was sort of like a 50, 50 process where, um, you know, you're not being sort of like, you know, ruling with an iron fist being like, it's got to be this many panels, right? This view has got to be here. Um, you know, because if he's sitting at a, at a table doing that, um, it's going to feel more like, like he's working. It's a job and it's not, it's not like a, uh, a job, a job slash art project. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't, I hate that vibe. I don't want to be um, making him feel that it's like that, that it's like a draw monkey draw and like, yeah, you have to do whatever it is that I say. Um, Cause I want him to feel like he, and he is like Diego and me are going to own this 50, uh, 50. Um, cool. Yeah. So he's like creating. Yeah. I just want him to like, feel like it's just as much his creative baby as it is my creative baby. Very cool. Um, so, uh, when you saw his art, like I, um, was there, was there like a, like a book that like, it really reminded you of because like I got a vibe, um, from an artist, but I just want to make sure that like, um, you know, what I'm thinking is what you're seeing. So I'm going to, is there, is there an artist that Diego reminds you of? Uh, Oh, for sure. 110%. Humberto Ramos. I can see that. And I also see a little bit of, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank, but the guy who draws Chew. Oh, um, um, oh shit. What's it? John uh, Lehman. And then. He, he's, um, he's doing the farmhand book now and I'm drawing a blank oh, on his name. But dude, I, I haven't read farmhand yet. Yeah, but I, 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 I do see the Ramos, but I, I see a little bit of like a chew vibe to it. Dude, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, uh, I, I love, love that book. Yeah, it's, it was, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, you guys don't really have like the, the sight gags and like, mm-hmm. the humor but you mm-hmm. you sort of have that sort of like kinetic energy and like 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 movement like uh, oh and like well a thank you comic. and another thing that I was and now that I'm thinking about it that you guys do a really good job of is uh, you know uh, this is this is really difficult as a writer sometimes but it seems mm-hmm. like you know in those first two issues that I've read you do mm-hmm. a really good job of stepping back and letting the artist go like you have a lot of like action pages where Mm -hmm. it's like bang 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 these things are happening and you're uh uh you you know you you know as writers we like to uh you know have dialogue um but you you 
when it's needed, you step back and you sort of uh, make the book really work really fast. And like, you know, thank you. Somebody might bust down a door and then like a gunfight breaks out. Right. Uh, <laughs> and like, it's just sort of like kinetic, like bang, 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 bang. Like all of things, all of these things are happening really fast in the, in the way that you step back. Um, and I know that like you're writing like panel descriptions mm-hmm. and sort of like moving it along, but you're not like, and bogging it down with dialogue is not the, the, the right way to, to, to say it, but you, again, you're sort of, uh, you're doing the show don't tell. And like, um, in those first two issues, there was like, uh, you do a really great job of like, uh, storytelling you know, setting things up and then sort mm-hmm. of like for three or four pages, it's just sort of like turn page, turn page, turn page, sort of like thrilling action. So you did, you did a really great job there. So like, how did you find that balance? Thank you. Yeah. That, that was all a lot of nice uh, things to say. And I really appreciate that. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, no, it's um, yeah. I try to take, I feel like the most effective way to create like scenes that happen really quickly like that. Um, have you ever read Wolverine and the X-Men with Jason Aaron and Nick Bradshaw? Yeah. I, I don't know if I finished it, but I, I know I definitely started it. Right. So Jason Aaron has him and Brian K. Vaughn. They both have this very, um, they have this way of writing scenes and construct constructing scenes in a comic to be like three or four pages. And like, I remember reading, um, Wolverine the X-Men and I just remember like a single pretty much any issue from that run um, it always like Jason Aaron's comics would always feel like um, they took longer to read like I would read like a Brian Bendis comic and don't get me wrong I really like Brian Bendis but I would read like Ultimate Spider-Man or something like that and you know how like sometimes he does a th- he does a thing where like a whole issue is just like one scene like mm-hmm. I think there's a, a I think there's one comic where Peter reveals uh, his secret identity to Mary Jane. And I think it's like 22 pages of him just talking to her uh, in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels like, even though I thought that was like a really good issue, that's like a longer, I don't know, it's decompressed storytelling. Um, but mm-hmm. with like the Jason Aaron X-Men comics, he writes, you know, a four page scene and then he'll do a three page scene and then he'll do a six page scene and then another like two page scene. And when, you have like, I think a single issue, like 22 pages and you break them all down to being smaller scenes. I think the story actually progresses, like you said, I think it actually progresses a whole lot quicker. Um, and that's something that Brian K. Vaughn does as well. Like yeah, with that, Why the Last Man and stuff like that. Yeah, I was actually, as you were, you were talking about that stuff, I was thinking like, uh, if I was to read sort of a, a Bendis uh avengers comic where mm-hmm. they might be sitting around avengers mansion you know having breakfast drinking coffee right sort just of talking about like what they were getting ready to do um and then going in like you know three four pages of, of like climax at the end mm-hmm. i would read that and i would go oh wow that was that was that was a comic uh and that was that was a story that was told from from beginning to end but then like when i think about sort of like saga there's a lot of like single panel single caption Mm -hmm. sort of like 
bang, bang, bang. You know, we're going through the story and you, you fly through the story. But then when you get to the end, you're just sort of like, oh, wow, like all of those things happened. And I was completely sort of mesmerized by it. And I was, I was going with it. And they, 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 they sort of both do the same thing, but they do it different ways. Yes. And like, um, as you were talking, like, and like, as I've read the first two issues, uh, I see a lot of sort of the, the, the BKV sort of like, uh, uh, like, Actually, now that I actually I take that back, you have a little <laughs> bit. You have a little bit of both. You have a I, little. You have a little bit of like the uh, not slower moments, but you sort of have sort of more of the the medium moments of like storytelling, character development, and then you have sort of the the moments of like fast paced, you know, single caption like kinetic mm-hmm. action. Like, so I actually, now that I've talked, I'm talking about it, you, you do a little bit of both of those. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn is still a huge inspiration. Like, mm-hmm. so you saying that is still super, super cool. Um, Saga is my favorite comic of all time. But yeah, I, uh, I, I really enjoy it. And, and someday it's going to come back from, from a hiatus and I'm going to be uh, I'm gonna Oh, dude, be I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, I was just going to say, but like those page turns um, and like Jason Aaron and Brad Kimball, and that's another thing that they both do really, really well is um, using the page turn to not only end a page, but then to like uh, get some to like end a scene or like start a scene using mm-hmm. that page turn. Um, and that's another thing that I think is incredibly effective that some people don't utilize sometimes. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually, uh, I have a, uh, I have a chart on my my corkboard next to me that reminds me of oh, where nice. the where the where the page turns are. Oh, um, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So no, that's uh that's a uh, that's a unique element of like uh, comic book storytelling that you can't sure. do. You can't do. You can't do it in a movie. I guess you can do a little bit of it with like a, a like a TV show, like like when you go to commercial break. But right, it's very right. unique to uh, to comic books. The 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 page turn and figuring out like uh, you know you want your splashes to be or your big moments to be on that left face left facing page For uh, sure. when you turn. Um, so that's something that like, uh, is unique to comics. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one of the, like, yeah, that's one of the many things, uh, that comics are just better at than everything else, but yeah, for sure. So, um, I know that like when we were talking through this interview and a little bit of the, 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 the pre-interview, uh, mm-hmm. you've been, you've been working on this story for a while. Um, yes you're i guess your writing is a little bit ahead of oh, like the, the art production yeah can you hear me oh I, you hello yeah hey uh are you able uh, to hear me yep i can hear you now cool yeah we'll we'll, we'll clean that up and and post that it um sure. uh so i i know that like you're a little bit ahead in the writing uh mm-hmm. from where where the where the art is um 
Uh, do you have sort of like a, a grand goal of where you want to take deliverance? Um, like, like, a, are you looking for like a 30 uh, issue series, a 12 issue series? Uh, what, what are the thoughts there? There are 13 issues altogether. 13? Yes. Cool. <laughs> um, which is a uh, very, very long. And I wish that when I, I mean, if I could go back, I can't change it, but like, if I could go back my first comic, I would try to have written something smaller. So mm -hmm. I didn't, it didn't take such a long time to produce, but yeah, the De deliverance is going to be a big story. All 13 issues are already done and written. Um, and we're going to do it in two volumes is the plan. Very cool. So, um, with that being sort of like an odd number, do you mm -hmm. sort of do you sort of have like a like a midpoint where you might collect it as a uh, like a first volume and a second volume? Yeah, for sure. Issues one through six are going to be the first volume, and then mm -hmm. seven through thirteen are going to be the second. Very cool. And do you find sort of uh, when did you know like that last page, last panel of issue thirteen? When did when did you did you know that or did you always sort of work to that point? Um, that's a good question. Yes, and the ending of stories always kind of come pretty easy to me. Like once I figure out the beginning, I usually know how the ending is going to work out. Um, mm -hmm. And then it's the middle part that I usually um, like to leave some breathing room. But I like... I like to have endings change through the writing process, if that makes any sense. No, it does. Um, um, but it also may be having like sort of like a direction to like aim to, like keep yeah. from, from meandering and like taking tangents and like, you know, the, and I, I'm just guessing here that like maybe a little bit of, you know, you might get there and go, you know, I can tweak this ending or I can, I can change a little bit of this for sort of like greater effect, but you always sort of had maybe not an end point, but you sort of had sort of like an area or like a, you know, a destination that you were working to was, was, was that the case? Yes. I did have an idea of where I thought everything was going to end up. Um, but yeah, things, one of the things that like, but those like, the endings ultimately change. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that like, my favorite part about the process is when you figure out who your characters are. And I don't know if this is similar for you, but like your characters try start like, this is going to sound really crazy, but your characters kind of start um, deciding where they think the story should go. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's ever happened to you in your writing process, but it's happened to me where like, I wrote a scene and I wanted it to go a certain way but like the character and like what they were they wanted it to go a different way and uh I always try to respond to that um and let the story change I try to make sure not be super precious about everything and have everything uh just written in stone no that makes that makes uh that makes a lot of sense because uh going back to sort of our earlier like Stephen King talk Mm -hmm. Um, I know like a big thing for like Stephen King is to sort of, you know, put two characters in an environment and sort of oh, let, and just them, have them talk it let, out. let them work 
let them work to uh, the conclusion, knowing they're sort of like their basic motivations. Like, so it seems like that's a, like a similar thing for you. Yes. Um, I actually, does he talk about that in on writing? He probably does, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's either that or some sort of like post sort of interviews that I've that I that I've heard him talk about it. So I don't know if I'm right. confusing or sort of combining a lot of my my no, Stephen King well, my sure. Stephen King reading and and research there. Yeah, um, I think that's a really great exercise to do. Um, and do you find do you find that that makes them sort of feel more like uh, real life relatable characters that like make you more invested in them or um, you know because you don't really want to have uh, I know for myself a lot of times I need to catch myself because I'm like cool concept high concept this is the mm. thing that's happening but like these people here that are in the story are not like, you know, they're not interested or interesting or like, Mm -hmm. I'm not really like rooting for them. So do you find sort of like that thing that you're doing where you're sort of letting, you know, you have a basic idea and then you, um, as you're playing with the story, you're sort of throwing the characters in there, guiding them a little bit, but you know, they're also sort of, in a roundabout way, sort of, uh, I don't know if this is the right term, but sort of like talking back to you saying, you know, uh, uh, I want to do this or like, I really wouldn't react that way. Do do you find that? For sure. Yeah. Um, when I start writing characters, I try to base them off of people that I know Mm -hmm. a little bit or like a combination of a couple people that I know. Um, and after I start off with that, and then I create, after we figure out like scenes and stuff like that, um, I'll try to give the characters choices to make in the story. I feel like that's one of the things that is really, really important um, in storytelling. Like all the characters that I really care about, they're always put up in the story. They're always put up against situations in which they have to, make a choice and it's not always just like right or wrong sometimes it's just like smaller things and they just make smaller choices and like I think that's how you kind of learn about people in real life mm-hmm. um whether they're your friends or family you see like the choices that they make and then that you know distinguishes them as a person and I think characters are the exact same way if you put them in situations they'll as you're writing it they'll sometimes make really interesting choices that you didn't um, perceive them to make, if that makes any sense. It's no, very, uh, yeah. No, it, 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 it makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so I guess maybe I'd like to turn the interview, uh, maybe from the, the story that you're working on to sort of mm-hmm. maybe like, uh, future plans. Uh, you've written, all 13 issues of this story. Um, and then, you know, uh, am am I correct in that like one through four are, are drawn and you sort of, you guys are still working through some of the, 
the, the, the future issues? Yeah. Um, as of right now, we're working on issue number six. Very cool. Um, yes, it's all the way drawn. Um, it's halfway colored. So we still have a bit more to do there. Um, but yes. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing for somebody who is uh, uh, crowdfunding yeah. is that you are so uh, uh, like uh, to be prepared of, ahead of the game is not the right word, but like you are, you are, you're committed and you're, uh, you're, you're sort of almost in a strange way. You're sort of doing not quite, not quite that Marvel or DC monthly sort mm -hmm. of grind, but you're, you know, you're, you're doing that grind where you're ahead of the, you're ahead of the pace and you're showing that you're like, you're really committed to this. Um, and so if you guys are about halfway drawn and you're sort of seeing the things that are, that are happening with deliverance, are mm -hmm. you, as that's going on, are you sort of thinking about like the next idea? Yeah, for sure. Um, even though, I finished writing Deliverance a while ago. I immediately moved on to the next comic project, even though I don't know who's going to draw it or, or who's going to be a part of it, really. Um, I've made sure... I have the next, I want to say... Yeah, I have the next two projects right now um, ready to go as soon as Deliverance is done. Very uh, cool. The only problem is money, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that people don't really realize is that the production costs of putting comics together is like comics is not it's I mean it's a cheap medium in the sense that you pay like four bucks for a single issue but the production time and costs of putting comics together is pretty expensive yeah and certainly if you want to produce a a quality product you're going to have to commit uh more money to it than uh you know, cutting corners and, and putting out sort of like uh, an inferior product or, you know, um, I hate to say it, but like maybe like lesser quality uh, art right. and stuff like that. So that's, that's really cool that you, um, that you have, you know, you're, you're, you're ahead of like sort of like your printing schedule on deliverance but you're also um working on other things so like i guess you're going to hit the ground running um or actually i should ask you the question are you going to hit the ground running when deliverance is done or are you going to sort of take a moment to reflect and be like hey i got that done it's time to take a deep breath and sort of collect myself no i'm just going to keep i'm going to keep working at it um yeah there's no time to I hope to just keep writing and keep producing and keep making comics um, forever for, yeah, the rest of my life. I hear uh, you. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's a great thing to, a great thing to hear. I, uh, I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat with you. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. All the way. Cool. So I think that uh, that's going to cover it from the interview. Uh, but I want to give you a chance here as we close up to to plug your social media because I know um, one and two have been kickstarted, but three and four should be uh, kickstarting maybe in the next couple of months. Is that correct? 
Yes, early summer, around May or June. Awesome. So where can people find you online so that they can keep up to date with this? Yeah, um, people can find me on Twitter. My handle is uh, capital H-E-Y underscore T-G-P. And um, yeah, I'm always going to be posting stuff about deliverance on there. Um, and I don't have a website. That's that's okay. So is Twitter sort of like your main sort of like sounding board for, for things? Yes, yes. Um, pretty much just Twitter all the way. Very, very cool. Um, well, um, I'll have a link to your Twitter uh, in the uh, the show notes, and certainly when the, the Kickstarter launches, we will we'll use our social media to let people know that that it's uh, that it started and that to take a look. So um, okay, that cool. I, Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. I appreciated uh, talking with you. Um, and like I said, I, I read the first two issues and uh, I really enjoyed them. Um, and as I said earlier, you do a great job of, uh, uh, again, it's not slow moments. It's sort of like, uh, I, I think maybe the best way to describe it is sort of like, uh, and I don't know if this is a term, but it's sort of like medium moments. So you do mm-hmm. medium moments and you actually... Now you you do a great thing of sort of like uh you like you like hint at things um so i'm thinking of like the the there was a couple of folks who got into a car um and like they had a relationship with each other yeah like you sort of like hinted at it and uh-huh. then and then like later on like we saw like that come to to uh like more fruition yeah so like you you do a great job of of like those media moments and sort of like hinting at things to like keep us going but then like then we turn a page and like a door gets kicked down and just like a gunfight breaks out people are people are running around you know people are shooting at each other and the, the the action is really kinetic so i i enjoyed that so i would encourage anybody um to to check out your books so if anybody um listening now um that missed out on one or two is there a way for them to 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 get one or two as of right now no No. um their opportunity to get issues one and two is going to come when we start the second kickstarter so you where issues one through four will be well oh (laughs) sorry where issues one through four will be available very cool. Yeah. And that would be an awesome way to, to, to jump into the story. Yeah, I'm hoping so. Um, it's going to be very, yeah, it'll be very affordable for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, Garrett, I want to thank you again for, for being on. Um, and uh, anytime you want to come back and uh, talk about comics or talk about, talk about future issues, uh, you have a uh, open invitation on the on the podcast. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Um, so as I close out here, I'd like to to mention that uh, I have a story in the Cthulhu is hard to spell uh, Kickstarter. Um, it actually funded today, and it's got about uh, five to six days to go. So uh, I guess maybe oh, now, wow. now is the uh, the time to to go for stretch goals. Um, so I'll have a link to, to that in the, the show notes as well as to Garrett's Twitter. Um, if you'd like to follow the podcast, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod. 
We're on Instagram at Constructing Comics Pod, Facebook and YouTube, Constructing Comics. And we'll be back with a, another episode very soon. I'd like to thank everybody for listening and like to uh, tell everybody to be safe. And we'll be back with a, another episode very soon.